The 2019 Drum Corps International season steps off in a matter of days. Before you head to Ford Field in Detroit or to one of the hundreds of theaters nationwide to watch the season premiere, find out what last year's top 12 world-class corps are putting on the field this year. I'm Dan Potter, and you've got a field pass. From the parking lot. To the tunnel. Check it out. Have fun. Unleash. Let's go. To the 50-yard line. On the field. This is your field pass with DCI's Dan Potter. The season premiere is Thursday, June 20th at Ford Field in Detroit. Six of last year's top 12 will perform. Our guide to what those cores and all of last year's top 12 are performing this year is DCI Artistic Director Lee Carlson. Okay, Lee, we're going to work our way backward from the 2018 Top 12, starting with last year's number 12, The Crossman. Their 2019 show is called Valkyrie and features the music of Led Zeppelin, Trent Reznor, and Andrew Markworth. I haven't been able to find much more about this. Um, I get all sorts of Wagnerian images, of course, just by the, the title Valkyrie. What do you know about Crossman's show this year? Well, um, they're going to look at this as a strong woman and basically take that to the max through costuming and uh, the gentlemen of the corps have been asked to grow their hair out and facial hair to create a viking look um, not only through their costuming but through their grooming hmm. um, the guard is uh, an all-female guard and all-female drum majors so they're creating a transparency uh, through their visual as well as their musical approach. Uh, uh, they open with the March of the Valkyries with a complete interaction, and uh, I watch their drill, and it develops very cool and has some iconic moments in it where they create a giant V for Valkyrie, and um, it, it, I think it's going to come across very easily to the audience what they're doing and how they're doing it. They're going to have one major production about transparency of the music and how it works and is constructed with one line. So that production should be very interesting and intellectually uh, stimulating and make the audience really become one with it. Um, the second production is going to be interesting where the drum majors will try to break down the fourth wall of the theater and actually become interactive with the audience. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to do that, huh. but they have... Ed Devlin is their program coordinator, and, and he said they've got a way to do it, and they think it's going to work, which is actually very exciting because I don't think anyone's ever done where they actually expect the audience to react to what they're saying and uh, have a conversation with the audience. So that wow. should be interesting. The staff is excited with the talent level and the fact that the Corps moved in on May 17th. It's the earliest that the Crossmen have ever had move-ins. So they're excited about their talent level, their ability to have these performers for um, a full extra week than they've ever had. And, and just the, the concept of the strong woman with the all-female guard, all the female drum majors, uh, it, it should be um, a, an interesting show and one that the audience will be able to grasp and really take hold of.
In 2018, Phantom Regiment, uh, I think it's fair to say, had a disappointing year, ending up 11th in finals. Coming out strong this year with their 2019 show, I Am Joan. Now, Lee, this isn't going to be a literal retelling of the Joan of Arc story, right? Right. It's through the lens of Joan of Arc. And um, they, they're they celebrating the empowered woman, the spirit of revolution through the lens of Joan, Arc. Joan of Arc, not really trying to portray, you know, uh, burning her at the stake or anything like that. Um, it, there's a contemporary look to the costumes, very different and unique to um, the regiment. I have, that's what I've been told. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen those yet, but I'm sure Will has done a great job on program coordinating at Will Pitts and uh, has been sharing a lot of, of details with me that I'm not um, going to be able to tell everybody at this point, but I, it, it should be very exciting. Um, the progression of the show, the first is to introduce the, the female characters and the innocence of um, a young lady. And the second production, uh, they're, they're going to create a transformation from the innocent young maidens to a strong woman. I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but again, well assures me it will. And the third act, they've not only become women, but now they've become empowered to create a battle scene. So the third act will be the battle scene. And the fourth scene uh, is entitled Bringing Out Your Dead. And he wouldn't really go much into uh, more of that. And the fifth act will be a very emotional and uh, exciting exchange between the cast members. And his uh, quote him is, uh, things may not end up well for the male members of the cast. So we've seen murder scenes before from Phantom. So this could be uh, epic. Whatever the show design is, you had me at Fire of Eternal Glory. Shostakovich. Yes. I mean, that, that tune has become so associated with Phantom Regiment. I right. can't wait to hear it this year. Yeah, that's very exciting. And that horn line, it has a sound of its own, and, and they're maintaining that. And then again, that's part of the, the Michael C. approach to keep your identity. And that's, yeah. that's what they're going to do with that. Well, so. Will Pitts did, and we, we've got to talk about a couple of things that uh, have been going on online in regards to Phantom Regiment. First of all, Will Pitts did acknowledge in a post on Facebook that uh, fans of the Phantom Regiment helmet will be pleased this year. Apparently, the helmet is coming back. Have you heard that? Um, through the same uh, online information that Will put out, yes. Okay. So. Well, that, that post spoke directly to the fact that there are no female composers who've written source music for this show. And uh, Will was very direct about that, apologizing about it, saying it was it was a flat-out oversight, and it was wrong on the design team's part not to include a, a female composer, but now it seems written in stone that this is going to be what they perform this year. Uh, as DCI artistic director, do you see a problem with that? Or, and what do you think of Phantom's response to the criticism? I thought Phantom did it. Uh, very professionally. They admitted that, that it was indeed an error to leave out some composition by a woman. And, you know, we all learn from our mistakes, and I think they've learned from their mistakes. They've gotten to the point that they really can't add that in. So it's one of those things where, okay, they made a mistake. Let's get on with it. It's water under the bridge. And they've admitted it. So let's see what you can do with what you've got. I'm sure it's going to be uh, extremely entertaining and extremely um, connecting the audience to their uh, the power that is Phantom Regiment.
the first two cores we've talked about here, Crossman and Phantom Regiment, are both doing shows uh, centered around strong female lead characters and, and the story of strong female leadership. Is that a trend that we're going to see a lot in last year's top 12 this year? Um, you're going to see a little more of it, but those two are the ones that are really pushing the whole strength of woman and uh, the concept of what women have done through hi throughout history to uh, to change the uh, the understanding of civility and the energy that women can bring to the world. Last year's number 10, the highest they have ever finished. Mandarins, they're taking the field this year with a show called Subterra. We've seen shows about what's beneath our feet before, and I'm assuming that's what this is. It's a really interesting take. In 1963, a man was doing reconstruction on his home in an area of Turkey that has these incredible formations where people for millenniums have dug into the sandstone and created their homes in the sandstone. And he was doing something, a home makeover, and discovered an opening. And as he went through it, he discovered not only tunnels, but rooms. And after it was completely looked at, they realized that this could have been a city of up to 20,000 people living underneath this area of Turkey. Cappadocia is the area. And what uh, Mandarins are doing is they're going in and taking that, what would, what would the culture of those people be underground? And what if they're discovered and they have to come out of hiding? And how do they move from one location to the next and progress as a community without interacting with the community that lives above ground? We'll just kind of take us on a journey of what that is all about. It's going to be, again, one of the things that Mandarin did last year so well was such a theatrical-driven performance, and they will be doing that again, and including some original music by Keith Poulin, uh, Ike Jackson, and Darren Vanderpool. So um, the set is going to be huge and will take us underground, uh, complete with brick roads and ancient pillars and uh, concepts of the rooms that uh, will be explored. And the, again, the, the, the concept of what would happen if this community was living there all this time and now somebody discovered it? How would they react from the outside and how would the people that were in this community react to being found? So it, it's going to be a lot of tension and a lot of uh, interaction between groups of people. So it should be um, very exciting and the costuming um, will be exactly what you would expect, dark and um, very mysterious. Sometimes when a core spends a lot on a uh, big prop, uh, for instance, Boston Crusaders with their fire, uh, they will use that prop two years in a row in very different ways. Mandarins created quite a buzz last year with that huge revolving circular stage. Is it coming back this year? No. <laughs> that was a question I asked, and they said no, it would not be coming back. Last year's number nine, Blue Knights. They're one of the four from the top 12 last year that have not announced their show as of the time of this interview. So this might be a, a short discussion about Blue Knights in 2019, but what can you tell us, Lee? 
I, I can tell you, and I had a great discussion with Kevin Sean. It's going to be an interesting show. And what it will be looking at is the Blue Knights through time. What have they done? How have they developed an individual uh, persona? And you, you could look at the Blue Knights in rehearsal uh, costuming, and you would know who they are because of the, the way they move, the way they form, the sound that they produce, the ability of them to be unique within an idiom that it's very difficult to stand out. They're going to do an exploration of exciting music and forms to subtle and emotional moments. So they're, they're going to run the gamut while still keeping the techniques that have become Blue Knight's signature. And I'll quote Kevin here. He said, the costumes will be familiar, but totally new in design and color. The Blue Stars in 2018 built themselves an eighth place finish with their show, The Once and Future Carpenter. Their 2019 show is entitled Call of the Wild and uh, has music from Vivaldi, Tchaikovsky, Copeland, uh, Yoko Kano, some original stuff by uh, Jim Wunderlich, and uh, Greater Than by Jelheim and Beck. What can you tell us about Blue Stars' Call of the Wild? Well, it's going to be based on the Jack London novel. It's going to, again, be very theatrical in the look with the costuming inspired sometimes by animals, including changes of costumes throughout the show. There will be dog sleds and unique using, uh, use of the uh, guard costumes that will emphasize and bring the characters and the feel of the book to life. Um, part of the production will be a journey, getting to the mountains and then experiencing an avalanche. Now, when I tried to push Michael on that, he goes, yeah, we're doing it. And that would be about all he said. So mm. I'm excited about his creativity will certainly, we're going to see an avalanche this summer. So in Texas, when it's 103 and we're sitting there, I think we'll appreciate seeing all the winter that uh, the Blue Stars will be bringing to the, the field. So it's going to be an intriguing show. And again, it's based on the novel, but it's also got uh, some twist to it with uh, obviously Vivaldi's Winter of the four seasons is what they're going to be using from him. So it should be, uh, again, a very interesting and intriguing show with a lot of audience uh, connection to that. Last year's number seven, it was a rebuilding year for the cadets. This year, they're fielding a show called Behold. This show, I note, is full of female composers. It is, and it has a female uh, program coordinator, Darcy Onks. Again, the other course shouldn't get mad at me, but of all the people I talk to, the energy that that lady has and the enthusiasm she has for this show um, is incredible. And again, it, Behold is the name of the show, and think about you introducing it, Dan. Uh, please welcome the 2019 uh, production, Behold the Cadets. And that's how they're looking at it, that 
there's going to be four giant set pieces. Um, she also she wouldn't divulge a lot about what they really look like, but they're going to be rotating so they can change the feel with these huge props. And she said that when they finally arrived and they came out of the truck, she cried because they were so beautiful. Wow. So there's another interesting set. They're doing fanfare for the woman, a very regal sound. I don't know if I looked that up on uh, Spotify, and it's beautiful. Uh, and that will be introducing the cadets. The second production takes a look at how Catherine the Great was brought down by rumor and gossip and how everything just became dark in her life. So the second production is going to be somewhat dark and will be a deconstruction of the female because of the power she had obtained and then the jealousy and the gossip and the rumors behind her, how it can destroy. The fourth section is another development where they will break into four different sections onto the field. And this will be a lot of tension, velocity, anger, uh, and it will actually destroy because there is no unity whatsoever. And so the core will destroy itself. And then the next section becomes soft and questions like, what have you done? How will we start to heal? And then there becomes a forgiveness and healing, which will lead us to a 12-foot bridge from the past to the future, which will introduce the Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Waters with kind of a gospel feel to it. So that sounds incredibly interesting. And the program will finish with going over that bridge and uh, the most powerful and emotional way that cadets can look into the future and set the past into the next decade. They're 85 years old and they're looking forward. And um, they've been through so many ups and downs in the past that this is the bridge to bring the cadets to the future. I cannot and, wait to hear them play David Maslanka's Symphony Number no. 4. Yeah, and uh, again, the way they're using it is pretty incredible. So, and I can't say any more than that. <laughs> well, what about costuming? She did mention that it will still be the cadets, but it will be the past looking to the future. So I'm not sure what she meant by that, but we'll have to wait and see. Behold but, our costumes. Yep, exactly. <laughs> This is your Field Pass, the official podcast of Marching Music's Major League. All right, last year's number six and another one of the secretive cores, the Cavaliers. What can you tell us, Lee? When I talked to Danny Wiles, I asked him, don't tell me any. When we finished, I said, can I talk about what you've told me? And he goes, well, not all of it, but there are things I can tell you. The wrong side of the tracks is what the inf- the uh, title of the show is. And it's kind of based on Gangs of New York and the look of the contest, or the costumes, excuse me, kind of an Irish-American street character um, using, and then they also use the set to tie that in. And the basic question at the beginning is, how does it end? What kind of, kind of journey will life take you on? Um, he's incredibly t- excited about the talent level and how the core has developed over the winter. And now, as they move in, it's just uh, snowballing and getting uh, more exciting all the time, is what I'm being told. Um, and, and this is basically an exploration of how life takes you on a journey, the Irish-American street warfare feel to it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about as much as I, I know about mm. him as well. So it's very Irish American. It's not a West side story gang type thing. And he made that very clear, 
But it, uh, you know, when the Irish immigrants came, they didn't get along with the Polish immigrants or the Italian immigrants. So it, it's kind of exploring that yeah. uh, from the Irish standpoint. Last year's number five, the Boston Crusaders fielding a 2019 show, appropriately, I think, enough for BAC called Goliath. They're naming it Goliath, but they're looking at it from David. So uh, they're going to, the inherent drama and emotion from an underdog, um, and they're going to try to guide the audience through the lifelong process of innocence, preparation, conflict, and arrive at the ultimate moment of truth using Again, they have massive props. Didn't get any details on them. Um, there will be a Hunger Game look to the characters as well as the scale of the production. There's five sections, starting with David and the Israelites, and it's very young, innocent, uh, heroic aspirations. And then the second is Goliath and the Philistines, which will be massive, loud, lots of drama within the, the way they use the sets and the performers. And the third one's going to ask the question, how do you build a hero physically, mentally, emotionally, the growth through preparation and training? So they're going to use David as that um, motiv motivation for that section of the show. And then the fourth part is when the arena where they first come face to face and how they react. The fifth scene will be the battle, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. So it, it, that should be interesting. Some of the music, my shot from Hamilton, first thing. I believe we've ever seen from Hamilton on the field. Yep. Um, also going to use the fanfare for Rocky by Bill Conte, which we all know. Uh, and Michael Doherty's Once Upon a Castle. The other thing that I'm really anxious to hear them do is Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Yes. So I think there's a huge diversity in the music and the way they present that I'm sure will be as diverse as the music itself. So um, it, it's called Goliath, but it's more we're going to be rooting for David. Although they'll, they'll introduce introduce Goliath, but we're going to be on David's side on this one. Isn't that interesting for a core whose uh, uh, motto is, this core is made of giants. Uh, for this year, anyway, this core is made of David's slewing yep. the giant. They're also programming On the Shoulders of Giants by Peter Graham, another tune that we'll hear twice this year from last year's Top 12. The Mandarins are doing that same Graham chart as right. well. Right. They're approaching it from two different directions, so I'm not really worried about Oh, we've already heard this tonight. If they're they're back to back, so the way they're doing it, I, the approaches are completely different. All right, Lee, you've been able to break some news with uh, Blue Knights and Cavaliers, at least telling us the name of the show and a little bit about it. Can you do the same for last year's number four, Carolina Crown? They have also been very secretive so far. Do you know the name of their show, and can you divulge it? Beneath the Surface. Oh, well, okay, there we go. We already talked about uh, shows that explore what's beneath our feet. Uh, is this referring to the ground beneath our feet, or is it referring to something a little more esoteric? It's very esoteric, but I think they'll approach it in a way, if you know what they're doing, it will be completely intriguing, and if you don't, 
then it's going to make you wonder what it is. So I'm going to go ahead and divulge what it is because I don't think they're going to, I, I, at this point, I don't think they really mind because it's one of those things, the more the audience looks it up because I had never heard of it before and I looked it up and it's really intriguing and interesting. It's called spiritual geometry and it is math that uh, explains perhaps the God spark and how everything is built on math. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with the Golden Ratio. That's part of what you learn in art school. And uh, it involves the Golden Ratio, but it, it takes it past that. Um, hmm. I've talked to a, a lot of people, and just without telling anybody who it was, I've asked him, what, what do you know about spiritual geometry? And thank God I wasn't the only one. So most of the people don't know that, but it's something that you can Google that, and there's a couple of videos that explain you're going to have to look at it three or four times, at least I did, but it explains how it is. And I just think the thing that I'm excited about is to see Jeff Saktik and the brilliance that he has and the math that he has in his background, what yes. they're going to be able to do with spiritual geometry and the transparency. Um, I've been told it's a Michael Cesario uh, design in the costume. It'll look like Carolina Crown, but you're going to see through a lot of it. And the transparency will be there. So that, again, is a little, I can't wait to see them come out in Detroit and see how they react to this. But if you have a chance uh, to, to look up spiritual geometry before you see them, it's really uh, not only from a left brain, but from a, or not only from just your right brain, but from the left brain on, on how you can explain pretty much anything in the universe through this spiritual geometry. I think Fibonacci sequence, I think uh, maybe some Persian design that uh, was heavily focused on mathematics. Is that something that we might see in this show? Possibly. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're revealing and transparent, yet a little bit cagey, Lee. I, I like that. <laughs> but we now know Carolina Crown show is called Beneath the Surface. All right. I'm down to a roll of dimes. Stockings, Last year's number three, and maybe the most secretive of the world-class cores when it comes to their, their programming leading up to the season, the Blue Coats. Um, I have seen their costumes, and their um, Greg Lagola has done, again, an incredible job uh, with the costuming. And Michael Rayford is back with the set design. John Vanderkoff is writing the drill again. Doug Thrower arrangements. It's going to be one of those shows. And I here's one snippet that I will throw out, but I can only give the, the, just the basic on it. The Avon High School Orchestra from Indiana. They're the two-time state championship orchestra. Dean Westman is their design is their director. He's also program coordinator for Blue Coats, and they have recorded one of the soundscapes that the Blue Coats will be using this summer. So I, I don't mm. think that's ever happened before where you've gotten a group of musicians in one state that will be heard all across the, you know, the country this summer. And I've heard what they did, and it's, um, it, you can't tell it's a high school orchestra by any means. So it, it, it's going to be cool, and I wish I could tell you more. Okay, we'll leave it at that and let them announce in their own sweet time, which, right. if I remember last year, it was like the day before the season opener that they uh, published. Possibly, quite possibly, will be again this year. 
Last year's number two fielding a show called Ghost Light this year. The Blue Devils actually one of the earlier cores to announce their show concept. As I understand the ghost light, this is the light that's left on on a theater stage overnight when no one's there to keep away the ghosts. And it's turned on by the last person to leave the theater and turned off the next day by the first person who comes on. And they're going to look at um, different versions of theater from the Greek to the Renaissance to the comedy, romantic portion of it, absurd and then epic, exploring the experiences that all theaters have to offer and bring it and bring it to the audience through their interpretation and their scale uh, of stage. But um, they're doing Imogene Heap and uh, Cachaturian all in the same show and Britney Spears. Yeah, so, Britney it, Spears Circus. I went back and listened to that. I cannot wait to see. I'm, I'm seeing all sorts of dance moves with that closing right. out the show. And then Dave Glide has produced something called Ghost Light, which will bring it all together, hopefully. I'm all right. sure. Last year's world champion, the Santa Clara Vanguard, also not releasing the name of their show, but maybe Lee Carlson can tell us. No, he can't. Oh, <laughs> Maybe the most because secretive does, of all, then. Well, I they haven't told me. So um, I do know that they're incredibly excited with the amount of talent that they've got. They're going to continue their exploration of space in yet another another way. I had a great conversation with um, Michael Gaines, and he's very excited about how the, it, it's developing. And um, they're blown away, away by the talent and experience level that uh, they're able to uh, to use to raise the bar expressively, physically, and musically, and a, a wide range of styles and inspiration from the basis of the musical program. Um, and it, the, the music runs the gamut, and I'm just reading what I wrote when I talked to him, from dark and edgy to relatable and introspective to entertaining and smile-inducing. So it, it's going to be a journey. Um, the only thing he did tell me that I could say is that some of the music will be based on Bay Area bands, so listen for Metallica. The concept will be based on individual perspectives of the pressures of conformity. You know what? Not dissimilar so, to the Babylon show last year. It was about communication and conformity right. and speaking your mind and, and not being able to speak your mind, so I guess that right. makes it a very Vanguard-esque show. And they're again, they're very excited about the talent level. They've... Uh, had great move-ins to this point and uh, that's about that's a wrap on what i can tell you that's a wrap on what i know okay well let's step back a couple of steps and 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 look at it as an overall product for the fans this year should we be excited oh absolutely i'm excited to see it um and again what michael c started they're continuing and they believed him that their individualism is what's making uh, more people come more people excited about the activity and more people wanting to be involved in the activity. And I think that's a foundation that Michael laid that is probably the most important thing that's happened this uh, this side of 2000. I would be willing to bet out of the 12 cores, you could put, put 12 of them out there in just rehearsal clothes and you could figure out who they were within the next, the first two or three minutes of the show, not knowing who anybody was, but they have created their own identity and they're taking and extending the identities that they had 
and are continuing to go on their road and and stay in their path, so to speak. You'll find a companion video podcast to this field pass at DCI.org with DCI Artistic Director Lee Carlson talking about what some of the rest of the cores in the world class are performing this year. It is shaping up to be a groundbreaking year for Marching Music's Major League. Don't miss a beat. Get your tickets to events in your area and to the 2019 World Championships at DCI.org. We're trying a new format for the Field Pass this year, offering a once-a-week DCI News Network video podcast and then going further in-depth on whatever the topic is in a Field Pass audio podcast posted at the same time. Follow us wherever you get your podcast. Next week, the season will be underway. I can't wait. Until then, I'm Dan Potter. I'll see you at Ford Field.